Shapeshifters. Shapeshifters brought to you by the Nissan NP300 Hardbody, your sound business partner. I might need an MP300 Hardbody to cart me out of the studio if I uh, keep sampling biscuits the way I am. Becky Zondo is our shapeshifter. He's the owner of Biscotti Biscuits. Now, Biscotti Biscuits is not a household brand name. It's not Walkers. It's not, uh, it's not Bakers. Um, it's an old family business that you bought, right? Yes, it is. It's been in business since 2000. Um, I bought it three years ago in the existing business. No, okay. We need to do a little bit of a bit of a history here. Mm-hmm. How old are you? Uh, I'm 44. You're 44. Yes. You've gone into business in the last three years for yourself. What were you doing before that? I was working in corporate. I've been in corporate all my life. Um, originally, I was a chemical engineer, or I guess I still mm-hmm. am. And I work in the sugar production space for five years. And then I either saw the lights or lost the marbles. I went to business school, and uh, I've been in financial services ever since. Okay, so uh, so you, what did you go? You, you've got you could say you got if you did an MBA, you have to say I did an MBA because <laughs> then you got to tell us that you did an MBA. It's a tradition of MBA students. Oh, that's right. So you do. You, so you went out of chemical engineering into financial services after having done an MBA. Yes, I spent some time working at Discovery, mm-hmm. um, and then you came up with the bright idea. You said, "I want to work for myself." <laughs> Was that the best decision you ever made? I think so. I think so. And that's the most honest answer I think I've ever had from somebody because you look, you know, that look of fear in your eyes. You go, <laughs> I'm not sure, actually. I have, no, I have no idea if it's the best decision of my life. Three years on, mm-hmm. are you seeing the light? Absolutely. Absolutely. There are always challenges. Um, and I went into it with my eyes wide open that there will be lots of challenges. But I've been wanting to tick this box, uh, figure out if I can run my own business myself. Uh, for a long time. Um, by the time I encountered uh, this business um, in 2013, I had been looking for 12 years. Um, I probably tried to make offers two or three times. I remember the first business I was interested in was an industrial laundry business in Jamestown, um, like probably five years before. So I had huge appetite by the time I got around this. Now, it, it strikes me then that the business that you go in doesn't really matter. It's just got to be a business. Um, um, that's, you're such an engineer. <laughs> you've got no soul. <laughs> um, why does the business itself not matter? I mean, whether you're doing industrial laundry, you're baking biscuits, um, does, does the passion, not, do you not need to have the passion for the, for the product? I'm sure in some instances it, it, it could be useful, um, depending on the expertise that you need to do what you're trying to do. But where I come from is that there's a lot of room between a great idea and a great passion and having an impact that is deliverable that a customer can realize and enjoy. Okay. And that gap is a space that I'm clear and can play in because that's where I've been playing. I know I'm not a great marketing business development person. I'm not going to create a new iPhone. It's not going to happen. But when I'm run- picking up a running business and turning it uh, around and making it perform, I'm comfortable with that. Okay. Mm. So it's about the business. It's about the game of business, the art of business, the, science, the, the science of business. How do you take a decision to leave what I'm assuming was quite a comfortable corporate job mm-hmm. and and get, get rid of the pension plan, get rid of the annual leave, get rid of the sick leave, mm-hmm. get rid of the benefits of working in a corporate, the golf days and whatever else came mm-hmm. along with that mm-hmm. and actually go into business for yourself? Because a lot of people dream of it, but when they look at cutting those apron strings, they really struggle. Mm-hmm. I think it's a combination of factors. Firstly, I just touched on that I had been looking forever. Yeah. All I was looking for, I didn't want a predictable franchise or like a garage operation. I wanted something that I believed I could turn around. 
for me, this is more important than anything else. And then fortuitously, through a um, number of meetings, um, I bumped into an old friend of mine. It was a casual, friendly meeting um, who I knew had been in um, SME space forever, uh, for a while, longer than I had. And he turned out to be now be a corporate broker. Um, selling businesses, which was quite handy, um, and he sold me this business under his company. The biscotti, the, the, bisco- the biscotti business was up for sale, but it also coincided nicely mm. with the DTI, the Department of Trade and Industries, requirement that when Walmart came in and bought control of Massmart, mm. they had mm. what was required uh, supplier development. And Absolutely, Massmart had to put aside was it a hundred or was two hundred and two hundred forty million? Two hundred and forty million yeah. rand had to be put aside for supplier development. Absolutely, was biscotti at the time a supplier to Massmart or did you go, that's where I can get my funding from and I can start supplying into the Massmart chain and get myself a client automatically? That's the latter exactly what okay. happened. Um, Biscotti was not a supplier of Massmart at the time um, and um, through uh, this friend of mine we approached Massmart, the two of us um, and made the pitch and they liked the idea and we moved on. How has that supplier development arrangement worked? I mean, did they supply you with funding? Do you have to pay the money back? Does it sort of, does 10 cents in every packet of biscuits go to Massmart as, <laughs> as, as a payback? How does it work? No, look, that, that arrangement is pretty independent. It's scrutinized by the Competitions Commission, and so it has to be quite separate from Massmart. Um, and therefore, what actually happens is that the first thing that they do is uh, provide you an offtake if they think the, the, the business is viable, um, a commitment that they will buy a certain amount from right. you, um, and then, then on the funding side, they then guarantee the loan that you get to, that you have to find, you have to raise to to buy the business. Now you could have gone to the IDC, you mm-hmm. could have gone to the Development Bank, mm-hmm. uh, you could have gone anywhere. What, mm-hmm. what what was so good about getting a mass mart funded deal mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to anything else that you could have got? For me, I mean, any business I would have taken, I would have wanted it to be aligned because obviously it's, the price that you buy for it is uh, you pay for it is market related. Um, and obviously, to make a good return, you kind of need to turbocharge it as soon as possible with a good step change in revenues. You know, and it cannot be that you hope to run into someone who would do something. It's better if you can structure it right up front as part of the deal. So the biggest attraction was that it has to be. It came with this um, step change in revenue because of the of the of the mass market um, as a new retailer we're already in two re- in retailers so this is the third one which is awesome uh, okay now i also notice you've you've got it on display and you'll see the video if you go uh, to our website letting you download the video of the interview with becky zondo uh, our shapeshifter this evening the owner of biscotti biscuits you'll see there are a pile of biscuits in front of us i'm gonna grab one of the packets and hold it up to the camera so you can see it it's got a pick and pay own brand label on it so you've got mm-hmm a manufacturing contract then to produce 170 gram packets of crunchies mm-hmm. for pick and pay. So you're doing some of the pick and pay on that, uh, yep. brands. Yep. There are five uh, flavors that we do for pick and pay. Um, it's quite a big client of ours. 
So MassMart provided the funding, and you can sell to whomever you please. Of course, it's a, it's a, free, it's a free market. It's open. I'm thoroughly enjoying my, my chat this evening with Becky Zondo, the shapeshifter, the owner of Biscotti Biscuits. If you've had a Biscotti Biscuit, if you wish you had a Biscotti Biscuit, because we got a whole packet of Biscotti Biscuits in front of us, um, you give us a call this evening on 021-446-0567-011-883-0702. I must admit to being pretty cynical about the uh, supply development fund that was set up by MassMart when it was first announced, and look at it and went, Hold on a second, but why is it important to do a deal where you've got Walmart, which are so terribly keen to help MassMart grow across the African continent? Why do they need to have this 240 million rand requirement? Well, he has a beneficiary of that 240 million rand requirement. He got a piece of that particular pie, and as a result, now is set up is is bought a business which is growing in leaps and bounds and is supplying biscuits into many many retail chains. So we'll talk about that this evening on the Money Show. Spend more time focusing on your profit margins, raw materials, and your sales force, and less on your Bucky's reliability. Peace of mind comes standard from only 166900. The Nissan NP300 hardbody isn't just a tireless workhorse. With more than 25 years of proven capability and a class-leading 6-year, 150,000-kilometer warranty, it's the perfect partner for tough conditions. For more info on the NP300 hardbody, visit nissan.co.za. Nissan. Innovation that excites. Our shapeshifter this evening is Becky Zondo, shapeshifter. He's the owner of Biscotti Biscuits. If you go to SAA Lounges, you'll get a Biscotti branded chocolate chip cookie, maybe other flavors as well. You've been supplying into the SAA network for some time. Yes, been supplying them since 2004 as Biscotti. Yeah, oh, okay. I mean, so the, the point is that, I mean, so the business of Biscotti has been supplying SAA. You mm-hmm. inherited that particular contract. Absolutely. Do you, do you have to retender every year? How does that work? Um, yes, it's not every year. It's every three, four years. Okay. Um, so that, that's how it works. Because yeah. Simon Mantel, a former shapeshifter, is mm-hmm. fighting with SAA at the moment. Lots of stories in the media about him and tenders and all that sort of stuff going mm-hmm. awry. Uh, your relationships are, are pretty solid? It's been. It's been very good. Mm-hmm. They are a great support of ours and they use it quite a lot. How many clients have you got? Because I, I'm looking at the range of biscuits and I'm mm-hmm. looking at the volumes that you produce. How many, mm-hmm. how many biscuits are you producing a week? Do you do it in tonnages or...? Um, I do about 20 tons um, a month. Um, 20 tons of biscuits. Mm. Mm. That's quite a lot of biscuits. Mm. That's quite a lot. That's quite a lot. I, mean, I, I look at that. I mean, one, one, one of your biscotti biscuits is like nine grams, call it 10 <laughs> grams. That's an awful lot of those. Uh, and they go into the supply chains then of the likes of Pick and Pay, into the MassMart supply chain, yes. into the SAA lounges, yes. um, and, and then into other retail spaces too. Yes, our, our business... My business has dual personality. There is uh, the retail part, which was, we have largely spoken about, but the bigger part of actually the business is corporate, uh, supplying into the hotels, the SAAs, and um, other corporate entities. It's a massively competitive space. Please pop your headphones on because Toby Chance wants to talk to you. Toby Chance is a DA member of Parliament. Do you want to tell us a story about these biscotti biscuits, Toby Chance? Good evening. Well, yeah, thanks, Bruce. Uh, not so much biscotti, but... Um MassBot have come and presented to the Portfolio Committee in Parliament a number of times about their supply development program, and I think uh, it really is beginning to to get some traction. And I, we have spoken to a number of their beneficiaries um, who manufacture everything from uh, steel doors and gates to you know growing vegetables, and um, you know they're, they're doing it a step at a time. I think the biggest challenge for the supply development program, as it all comes, is is to integrate their beneficiaries into the 
into the supply chain because buyers generally have their favorites and um, they're not interested in supply development. They want to get the best products at the best price as quickly as they can into their stores. So that's one of the challenges that Massmart has had and I think it's common. We've also had Pick and Pay come and see us. We've had Woolworths come and see us and it's, it's a real push of the Portfolio Committee to get the supply development programs underway. Uh, it's fabulous. Toby Chance, thank you so much. DA Member of Parliament uh, talking about supply, supply development programs and the fact that they are having a positive impact on industrial South Africa. Uh, I mean, without the supply development program, would you still be incorporated? Probably. Yeah. Probably. Or I might have gone for something somewhat more small scale than, than, than what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Alan wants to talk to you about recipes. Alan in Melville. You want to talk about biscuit recipes, Alan? <laughs> Hello. Alan, you want to talk about recipes, do you? Yeah, I'd like to know, is Becky going to be doing any gluten-free biscuits? I think you've got to do gluten-free in the, in the 21st century. Don't you? Everyone's got a gluten allergy. Can you do gluten-free? I can. I have been playing with it. Um, I don't actually know when we'll be going to market with it, but it will be, we will be bringing it. You say I've been playing with it. Do you go, are, are you the baker, the butcher and the candlestick maker in this mix? Or um, are, are you by nature a chef? Are you a creative cook? I, I do think there's an element of creativity in me, but cooking and baking doesn't come part of that. I can't bake, I can't cook. But, uh, so when you say I'm playing around with it, you've got people playing around with it in the background. They, the people, people, people understand the science of baking. Yeah. Absolutely. I've got an awesome team and now and then they present something and they chew away and drink coffee and make some decisions. Okay. Do you, um, I mean, but uh, how much innovation is there in the biscuit market? One looks at the dominance, for example, of AVI, Anglo mm-hmm. Industries, Baker's Biscuits. That's about 75% of the biscuit market, everything from Romney Creams to Nutty Crust and everything else, all household brands that are so dominant in the South African mm-hmm. market. Do you just sort of play on the periphery of this in perpetuity? Um, pretty much at this stage, yes, but not in perpetuity. I mean, the reason why it's in this space is because I strongly believe that you can break out of that. And if you want a hint on how that's going, um, you will see if you go to any retailer on the shelf, um, there's a huge growth of imports. Because imports, yeah. South Africans are looking for different and alternative and new material in this, in this industry. And can you provide uh, sufficient quality to, uh, to sort of the throp shopper, for example? Mm-hmm. Um, can you satisfy the throp shopper that will only have their Walker's shortbread, for example? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have an awesome shortbread. Uh, <laughs> I have an awesome shortbread. It's good. You've got to be positive about it. I thought you said you weren't a marketer, but I think you are. Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, my range is premium. Um, I'm playing somewhere between imports and the, the, the current AVI offering. Um, and um, and the quality is appropriate, and uh, I'm targeting exactly at that. But then it comes down to brand, isn't it? It comes down to brand acceptance, and it comes Absolutely. down to how much people are willing to pay mm-hmm. for a treat. And essentially, mm-hmm. you're in the treats market. Yes, yes, yes. You have to you have to work on allowing people to fall in love with the, with the biscuit you offer. But they've got to taste it first. They've got to choose it first. They've got to exactly. select it off. Because I mean, you don't do much advertising, do you? No, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with any ad campaigns associated no. with it. So it's all word don't. of mouth. It's all contract. It's all, oh, I had the biscotti biscuit in the SAA lounge. I may choose to buy it off the shelf. That's the marketing, I suspect. And talking to you. Now they were at me. I'm not a marketer. Um, Gladwin Mohomotsi uh, says, what is it with engineers and MBAs? Um, 
yeah, every MBA class has got at least half engineers. It's true. Is it because engineers lack imagination? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what is it about engineers needing to do MBA? Is it you're very good at doing the technical stuff, but it's actually so the business side of things is so foreign that engineers with great technical skills struggle to run businesses. Give business mm. skills to the engineer, you get innovation and mm. you get business success. Mm. Mm. I think, at, I mean, I can't generalize, but amongst a bunch of my friends who've gone through this route, I think you are used to um, lots of change and success and progression. And when you typically end up in an engineering firm, you know, people tell stories that they're in this position for like 10 years. Mm. And, and you have your first stint of three, five years, and you're like, you know, am I waiting for something to die? <laughs> going to be a 10-year stint on this role? Yeah. You know, in, in, in the sugar industry, we're talking about off-crop. Yeah. Am I going to do this 10 times? So what do you do? You take your fate in your hands and you go where you want to go. Where do you go from here? Grow. Grow where? How? There are a lot of growth opportunities. Um, um, the only retailer where I'm national is Macro. Okay. And with the pick and pay brand, I'm also national, fully national. The rest of spa and pick and pay um, in the northern areas predominantly. So there is a lot of growth. Um, it's not, I do a lot of below the line marketing, depending on where you find yourself on the week, in the weekend. You know, during the weekend, you might run into me doing it while my okay. team is doing it. So there is a, a little bit of marketing activity. How many people do you employ? I've got 60 people. 60 people, where mm-hmm. is the factory? It's in Ferenichang, well, in, in Duncanville. In Duncanville. <laughs> no, but it's awesome because those areas, I mean, going through really, really tough times. The steel industry Absolutely. is, you know, slowly choking itself to death. And Absolutely. is there growth there? I mean, I was talking to the guys uh, from Cape Union, Martin. They're simply getting greater and greater efficiencies. The, the workforce isn't really growing. Mm-hmm. The business is growing, but the workforce, courtesy of machinery and efficiency, is staying fairly stable. Yeah, it's a difficult times, but I guess if you thrive in these difficult times, you are bound to do well when the economy turns around. And you give people sugar in difficult times. You become very popular. <laughs> Becky Zondo, our shapeshifter this evening, the owner of Biscotti Biscuits. It's a crunchy tale. Spend more time focusing on recession recovery, overheads and investor meetings, and less on your fleet's capabilities. Peace of mind comes standard from only 166900. The Nissan NP300 hardbody isn't just a tireless workhorse. With proven capability, low running costs, and the support of over 100 dealers nationwide, it's the perfect partner for tough conditions. For more info on the NP300 hardbody, visit nissan.co.za. Nissan, innovation that excites.